our culture has a tendency to regard youth more highly than it ought to. In fact, our society tends to assign a higher value to youth, as if being young is somehow uh, of greater value than age. A few years ago, my sister took a college class. It was some sort of public speaking class. And they were having uh, debate-type sessions. And her task was to affirm the proposition that society should mandate early retirement at a certain age. And she was talking with me about that. And here's the Marxist over here, and here's me. It's hard for me to get my mind around that concept that when someone gets to a certain age, we're going to tell them, you stop working. And the arguments basically say things like, the older workers being there are negatively impacting the younger workers, so we're going to push them out. It's hard for most of us to get our minds around that kind of concept. The fact is, God regards age differently than 21st century, 21st century America tends to. As we read here in Psalm 92 that Mark read for us, we see that God's view of a righteous older person is not what a lot of people in our society will say. Psalm 92, beginning in verse 12. The righteous flourish like a palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. To declare that the Lord is upright, he is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Look at that. The righteous flourish. They're planted in the house of the Lord. They continue to bear fruit in old age. It's amazing that our norms have really come to impact our reading of the Word and our obedience to the Word. Retirement, as we know it, job retirement, is a relatively new concept. It didn't come about until about 100 years ago. People used to work until they physically couldn't work anymore. Now, the, the general trend is to retire at 65 and spend the next 20 years you know, doing whatever you had planned for that time. There's nothing sinful about that, but I'm afraid that sometimes we've projected that type of view onto our service to the Lord, where we might have the view that when that time comes, I can relax, I can retire spiritually. If you're in, in that age where you're older, and I'll let you decide if you're there. I'm not going to get in trouble by trying to tell you that. But if you would be considered older, this is the time that you hopefully have a deeper understanding of the Word and the wisdom that goes along with that. This is the time that you can provide leadership in a way that you never could earlier. There are some things like judgment that come with time and age. No matter how much you know, some things just take time to mature. And God has assigned you, if you're older, some special responsibilities that he has not given to those who are younger. We don't retire from serving God at 65, 67. We're talking about raising it to 70. Our service to God doesn't end then. You're still serving. 
your experience is required. The experience that you've gained through the Word, through living, God wants you to use to lead and teach God's people. If you're younger, my encouragement is to commit today that when you get to that age, these things can be said about you, that you are, as the psalmist said, planted in the house of the Lord. You're flourishing. You're still bearing fruit at that age. The first thing that we notice is that the righteous do flourish and are planted in verses 12 and 13. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. The psalmist uses vivid imagery of trees that are planted in the tabernacle or temple. And he's not limiting his discussion to younger or older, but it's interesting that he does use the palm tree because when doing a little bit of reading, apparently for a lot of people, they regard the best fruit that a palm tree will yield as being given whenever the tree is very old. Whenever the tree is over 130 years old, that's when a lot of people think the best fruit will come from that tree. This imagery reminds me of Psalm 1, this idea of being planted firmly in the Lord. Psalm 1, the psalmist says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is planted like a tree. He is like a tree, planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but a light chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor, sin, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. The righteous are going to be planted like a tree by streams of water. The Lord is the foundation and the nourishment for the righteous man or woman. Often palm trees will have to grow in desert places. Not a lot of water sources nearby. They grow anyway. Think of Joseph in the land of Egypt. He grows up strong, even though he doesn't have good influence around him. When someone is truly planted according to the Lord's will, they can grow wherever because the Lord is their nourishment, not everybody around them. The righteous will flourish and grow. They're planted in the Lord. They also will bear spiritual fruit. Verse 14, they still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green. You think about the fruit of the Spirit that's listed in Galatians chapter 5. I don't think that can help but come to mind. These attributes in verse 22 beginning will be present in us when the Spirit is truly working in us, when we allow the Spirit to work. Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. 
Against such things, there is no law. If you think about your life, especially if you're a little bit older, and I've, I've talked with you know, some who are older about this, and they see their growth and their maturity in some of these areas. I talked to one person who says, years ago when he was in his 20s and 30s, he would fly off the handle about any perceived wrong. He wasn't very gentle. He wasn't very patient. With time, that's increased. That's gotten better. The interesting thing about the Christian, as the Christian ages, the fruit that the Christian ages is more mature. It's better, so to speak, more enjoyable. It's more fulfilled. The experienced, the older, are still bearing fruit. They don't stop. And then in Psalm 92... In verse, verses 14 and 15, it says, They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. The long life of a godly person is a testament to God's faithfulness. Their life declares that the Lord is upright, that there is no unrighteousness in the Lord. The Lord keeps his word. This is the time that we need you as older people, as godly leaders, to lead. How many job descriptions have you seen that have some specification for the experience required to be a successful candidate for the position? Most of them. Most job openings will have some sort of experience that's required. We don't hire people that are fresh out of school. We want them to have experience working in our field. So we'll say if we want a mid-level person, they need to have three to seven years of experience. It's not unreasonable. You think about selecting a doctor. These doctors go through medical school. They're not then just turned out onto the public, right? They go through residency. They have to actually do the things that they learned about. They have to gain some experience. And there are some reasons that we put age restrictions in place for certain activities. There's a reason that a 30-year-old has no business serving as an elder over God's people. No matter how knowledgeable they are, there are some things that come with time. There's a reason we don't let 10-year-olds drive on the highway. doesn't matter if they can physically reach the pedals and the steering wheel. They lack the judgment that supposedly a 16-year-old has. Right? They, they lack the judgment to operate that vehicle. And so, we're going, so we discriminate against a certain segment of the population because it's a really dumb idea for 10-year-olds to be driving. You've got to be 25 to serve in Congress, 30 to be a senator, 35 to serve as president. There are reasons for those things. Whenever you get to the age that your experience to lead God's people is there, please don't hold back. Please don't not lead. Even if you don't serve in the capacity of an elder, but either because you're a woman or because you're a man that doesn't meet those qualifications, you can have influence on the people who are younger. You absolutely can, and we need you to. I've seen in several churches 
a, a mindset that essentially says, I've paid my dues, it's time to turn it over to the younger folks. Again, this is the time that God calls you to lead. And I can speak for younger people and I say, I appreciate that we're given opportunity to do things and to grow and gain experience. However, please don't sit back and, and, and let us do all the work. We need your wisdom. We need your leadership. Throughout history, God has used older people to accomplish his will. He knows when Moses left Egypt when he was 40, God didn't call him right then to go back to Egypt and get the people out. Moses was 80. Aaron is three years older, so he was 83 when they went back and they led the Israelites out of Egypt. Joshua and Caleb. I believe Caleb was 80 years old when the people went into Canaan because it took about 30 years to conquer Canaan and he died at 110. The men in charge of the people were older. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were older. They had John the Baptist. Take a look at Simeon and Anna in Luke chapter 2. It's really interesting to read about these two people in Luke chapter 2. beginning in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servants depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared for all the, in the presence of all the peoples, a light for, re, for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and, married, and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and the rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and the sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Samuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting, with fasting and prayer, night and day. And coming up at that hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. These were two individuals, Simeon and Anna, that had trust that the Lord's anointed would come. They were dedicated. They were devout. They were setting a terrific example for those around them. Even think about Paul. In Philemon 9, he points out that when he was writing that letter, he was an old man. Yet he was writing letters, even while in prison. Paul traveled. He encouraged churches. He continued to work. 
Look at Titus chapter 2. Titus 2. The fact is, you do not have to serve in the office of an overseer to exert influence. And there are instructions for those who are older. Older men, you have an instruction in verse 2 of Titus 2. And when you fulfill that, you will be a terrific example for the younger. Titus 2 and verse 2, Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older men, we need you to be essentially level-headed. We need you to be rooted and grounded in the Word, in faith, in love, be steadfast and patient. It's true that a man that has never been married can teach about marriage. It is true that a man that has never had children can teach about raising children. However, there is biblical wisdom. There is a mandate from the Lord that the older women teach the younger women about many of these things. A man or a younger woman can teach about loving their husbands and children, like we're about to read. It's a little bit different, though, when it comes from, from someone who's been there, done that, got the t-shirt, so to speak. The Lord has some wisdom. He has all wisdom, but he's expressing wisdom in what he is saying here. Look in verse 3. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. It, it would perfectly be appropriate for a man or a younger woman to, to teach women about these things. However, there is a specific directive to you older women to guide and teach the younger women, about these things. If you're advanced in age, I certainly hope you have the wisdom that has come with age. Please share that. That's not just a request from me. The Lord has given you a responsibility. You look at the next generation of this church you have a very powerful influence on what this church looks like. Are we going to be grounded in a love for the Lord? Are we going to love His truth? Are we going to love each other? We have a lot to do as younger people. We have responsibilities. We also need you who are older to teach and to lead. It doesn't have to be in a classroom setting. It can be one-on-one, -on -one in the relationships that you have with us. We do need you very much. The way our bodies change as we get older may change the way in which our service functions. We may, go, we may not go as hard, or we may do different things. But we're still serving the Lord. 
I like Paul's statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians 4. And in verse 16 he says, So we do not lose heart. Though the outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. We do grow older. We will pass away. The Lord doesn't come first. But we can be renewed day by day in our minds. We can become stronger day by day. It's all resolved to have the attitude expressed in Philippians chapter 3. Philippians 3. Whether you're young, old, or in the middle, let this be our aim. Philippians 3, beginning in verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this, or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Let's press on. Let's press on. Let's keep working. Society says we retire at 65 or earlier if you can manage it. Let's not retire from service to the Lord. Let the Lord use us no matter where we are in life. If you're older, you have hopefully a depth of understanding of the Word. You hopefully have wisdom that comes from understanding the Word. Teach. Lead. Please be the examples that you should. I'm not suggesting that a lot of you aren't. This is just an encouragement. Be the examples you should. And if you're younger, odds are you've got someone younger than you looking up at you. Be an example for them too. Your experience is required. God requires you to use it. He's allowed you to live on this earth to this point, no matter how old you are. Use what you gain in that time to his glory and for his and for the honor to his name.